0: Reading from Galatians 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, well then, does God supply you with the spirit and the work, and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declaring the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you." For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not deserve and obey all the things written in the book of the law. Now it is evident. No one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. The law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. So, Anna and Elsa lived in the town, the kingdom of Arendelle. A quaint little kingdom in the north. Small enough to to be left alone by major powers, but important enough to be noticed. Her parents ruled the kingdom, and they had to leave the kingdom to go on a diplomatic trip. And while they're traveling, their ship Hits a storm and capsizes. Elsa being the oldest is elevated to queen, but there is a catch. Elsa has been hidden from the public for a very long time. She has these special powers that allow her anything she touches to turn to ice. <clears throat> her powers nearly killed her sister. Anna having her memory erased after this near-death experience has the has this view of her sister as being closed-minded. She doesn't ever get her sister in the beginning of the film. At her sister's coronation, Elsa's powers are revealed by accident when Anna tells Elsa that she is engaged to a guy whom she just met that same day. His name is Hans, and he turns out to be a really bad guy. This sets off a chain of events that causes Elsa to run away in fear, leaving behind a very cold and confused town. Anna goes after her sister and along the way meets a guy named Kristoff who has this weird obsession obsession with harvesting ice and his reindeer named Sven. Sven. I'll get it. Don't have a little girl yet. Meanwhile, Elsa is on top of the mountain trying to figure out where to go next. And she does what any of us would do in these types of conflicted moments. She breaks out in a musical. Do y'all do that when you're conflicted? I do it every day when I have to change Thomas. I have like 15 different songs I sing when I change him. Ah, this isn't really reality. No one really does this. But it's a musical, so you know you gotta just go with the musical bit. And she sings this, it's this really catchy song. Let it go, let it go. There's no turning bat, back. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Like seriously, I wish I could have come up with some better words. Like seriously, let it go. Let's go on with it. Keep going. You know, especially when you heard this song played on repeat for years upon years upon years. I really never looked at the words to this song until recently. See, when we chose these these titles, some some of it was like, "Hey, I had an idea. Some of it was just, I wanted something to pique people's interest. So, let it go, seriously, get over it. I just thought that was kind of interesting and kind of would have hurt somebody's interest. That's how, how sometimes I pick sermon titles. they have nothing to do with the topic, just something that would catch people's eyes. <clears throat> then Diane told me to, to look at the song, song lyrics, and that was when I feel like the Holy Spirit moved once again. The Holy Spirit's been kind of in charge this whole Lent. So I, I did. I took my wife's cue. I took the cue from the Holy Spirit. I read the songs lyrics. They're really deep. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the good girl you have always been. Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Well, now they know. Elsa is having a a really difficult time. She's been told at a certain way her entire life, do this, do that, hide a large part of who you are because it might frighten others in the kingdom. Don't feel Feelings and emotions are irrelevant, especially when you're a political public figure. The public has an idea in their mind as to what a perfect leader needs to be. And for Elsa's entire life, she has been told to hide those very things about who she is. Because they don't fit into the public's mold. Well, now the entire world has seen the other side of her that her family has been trying to hide for all these years. And her response is let it go. Let go of the expectations of everyone else. Let go of the stereotypes and prejudices carried by others. Let go of those who told her to hide her true self. Let it go and be herself, because she is a beautiful child of God, created in the image of God for God's use. Here I stand, and here I'll stay, let the storm rage on. I'll rise like the break of dawn, the perfect girl is gone. Here I stand in the light of day, let the storm rage on. These are powerful words, and I think we have never been able to hear them, hear their power, because of the really cool theatrics of the music, and the fact that five-year-olds have been singing this same song, five-year-old girls and boys, for six years non-stop. But you know, after I, I read these lyrics, I will keep encouraging our young kids to keep singing these, these lyrics over and over and over. And hopefully through the power of repetition, the power of these worlds will take hold in our children's lives and in our lives as well. We all have to face these Elsa-like battles. Each of us faces a world that has strict social standards. And these standards are often unobtainable and almost always unrealistic. The entire fashion industry is based around this concept of size zero. And when our daughters do not meet this that size, they are forced to feel rejected and neglected. I myself look in a mirror each day and have to suppress that little tiny voice in my head that is ashamed of what I see in the mirror. My body has failed me more times than I care to admit. My body bears the scars of many surgeries and procedures. My body's heart has been damaged to the point where I need daily medication and see a cardiologist on an annual basis. My back is killing me most days. My feet, my ankles, you all know I can't walk anymore. It's just, they failed me. My Achilles tendon caused me to lose a month of my son's early life. Couldn't carry him around, play with him, be a dad. Let's be truthful, that Achilles almost costs me, my calling, because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. My body's overweight. My mother in law took a picture of the three of us that are in, our, are in our bathing suits last summer at the beach. And my wife and son, they look great, but you'll never see me share that on Facebook. <laughs> yet, I don't like how I look in the mirror, I don't like how I look in pictures, yet, this body is made in the image of God. This this body stands before the holy people of God week after week and proclaims God's grace and blessing with this body for which I am ashamed to look at. Some days I do God's work with. These hands I hold two-day-old babies. I anoint the sick and dying. I consecrate bread and wine. Society tells me that my body is not perfect and, and the law tells me my body is sinful. My God tells me that I am made in God's image. And God will sanctify my body and will one day resurrect this flesh and restore it to its former glory before the body my body ever knew sin. In the image of God I was created. In the image of God you were created. Let it go. Seriously get get past the world trying to make you become something else and see the beautiful creature that God has created, sanctified and equipped you to be. You are a baptized child of God. But that doesn't mean baptized children cannot be fools sometimes. In Paul's letter to Galatians, he, he calls the brothers and sisters in his community a bunch of fools if they continue to place their trust in the law and, and world standards and not in their baptism. See, there are a group of people going around to Paul's churches that he named the Judaizers. They're going around to his churches and teaching that one must be circumcised also in addition to being baptized. Because the law demands such actions. Not so much of a problem for the Jewish Christians, the Jewish converts, but imagine the Gentiles, especially the, the adult Gentile males. This places an, an undue burden on new converts. People were refraining from baptism and refraining from joining a church because of the law, of the requirement of the law. The book of Acts also describes this very same thing that Paul is writing about in the book of Galatians, though Luke's words do not share Paul's passion on this subject. Imagine being this close to experiencing God's new reality and plan for you. Experiencing God's grace firsthand, only to be scared off because of the law. The law is meant to condemn us, but not scarce to the point that we might not be able to love, trust, or come near our God in the way that baptism unites us to the Lord. Baptism is the church's version of let it go. We tell people that they can leave their past behind, and in the words of Martin Luther, find forgiveness of sins, redemption from death and the devil, and eternal salvation to all who believe it through this holy water. And maybe this is a little hard to imagine, especially since we baptize babies. Babies aren't too worried about their sin. They're not too worried about their self-worth or society standards. What they're worried about is having a clean diaper and food in their bellies. But baptism is supposed to be remembered daily. Luther says that, that whenever we wash our face, we should remember our baptism. And churches, especially very recently, have adopted the practice of remembering one's baptism sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly, but at least once a year. And on Easter Sunday, we will remember publicly our baptism by having water splashed on our on the congregation. And the best part about this year is the little boy who's being baptized this day, Rhett, is going to be able to, who will be the one doing the sprinkling. We all need to remember our baptism. Baptism unites us into Christ's death and resurrection. It makes us into a new creature, a new Adam, a new Eve, and gives us the ability to leave the past behind and let it go. St. Paul says in this very same chapter of calling the Galatians a bunch of fools, he says, As many of you are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. He writes this at a time when clothing was used to define who you were, what class you fell in. To say that through baptism we all wear the same shirt, that we'll all wear the same Christ shirt. is a powerful statement. Paul tears down an entire way of living and replaces it with a completely new focus. Christ alone. The people can no longer tell who is who. We're all wearing the same shirt. And Paul goes on to say that there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are no longer who the world tells us to be. We belong to Christ, not the world. The world's going to continue to tell us who we are supposed to be. The world will continue to shame us. The world will continue to fill our heads with unattainable aspirations. The world will continue to tell the church how it's supposed to, to live and to act. And sometimes the world has some good ideas. But they're not to the be all, to end all. We get our information from Christ. For we belong to Christ alone. What does Christ want us to be? does christ want us to be who does christ want you to be this day let it go seriously let go of the world's standards and find the freedom and grace that can only come from being a child of god let's not hide who you are for you are created in god's image embrace the new future you have been given through baptism and seriously let go of your past Let go of the past membership that you hold to this world and see that you only and truly belong to Christ Jesus.